Hi, welcome to the regular meeting of the Blacksburg Planning Commission on Tuesday, November 1st, 2022. Regular meetings of the Blacksburg Planning Commission are held on the first Tuesday of each month at 6.30 here in the Roger E. Hedgepath Chambers of the Blacksburg Municipal Building at 300 South Main. Citizens may address the Planning Commission during specified times on the agenda and are requested to adhere to the following. Please speak at the podium. Please state your name and address. Please direct comments only to the commission. Please limit speaking time to a maximum of three minutes. Speak only once during a specific hearing or comment period. And a wireless microphone is available to anyone requesting the assistance. Please silence cell phones, show respect for all speakers, and allow all opinions to be expressed in a tolerant atmosphere. And with that, we'll, have, uh, we'll call the meeting to order and have a roll call. Mr. Ford? Present. Mr. Herbine? Here. Ms. Jones? Here. Mr. Kassoff? Present. Ms. Reinhardt? Ms. Walker? Here. Mr. Watson? We have a quorum. Thank you. Well, the majority of tonight's uh, hearing is going to be devoted to reading the consent agenda, which is about 12 pages long, so napping is encouraged. Um, <laughs> First item on the consent agenda is approval of the Planning Commission minutes uh, from October 4th, and the action is to approve. Second item is uh, ZOA number 42, Ordinance 2002, which is an ordinance to amend the text of the town's zoning ordinance to create, define, and regulate small-scale alcohol production facilities, in, uh, including associated uses, such as tasting rooms and retail sales. And the action is to schedule a public hearing for December 6, 2022. The next item is CUP 22005, a conditional use permit request for additional height in the downtown commercial DC zoning district at 310 Midtown Way by Foresight Design Services, the applicant, for Midtown Redevelop Partners, the owners. And the action is to schedule a public hearing for December 6, 2022. The fourth item on the consent agenda is rezoning 22003, which is a request for an amendment to previous rezoning ordinance 746 to modify a planned commercial PC zoning district, including permitted uses at 1055 Plantation Road by Broad Street Partners, LLC, for Blacksburg Green uh, BLD, LLC, the owner. And the action there is to schedule a public hearing for December 6, 2022. <clears throat> the fifth item on the consent agenda is CUP 22006, which is a conditional use permit for multi, uh, for, excuse me, for many warehouse use in the planning commercial uh, PC Zoning District at 1055 Plantation Road by Broad Street Partners, the applicant for Blacksburg Green BLD LLC, the owner. And the action there is to schedule a public hearing for December 6, 2022. And the sixth item is ZOA 60 Ordinance 2001 Zoning Ordinance Amendment to amend text of the zoning ordinance and create a new downtown northwest zoning district for the area bounded by North Main Street, Turner Street, and Price's Fork Road. 
And the action there is to cancel the public hearing for uh, November 1st, 2022, and reschedule for December 6th. Is that right? Uh, uh, okay. Yeah, for November 1st, 2022, and reschedule for uh, December 6th. So they're canceling for tonight. I get the picture. All right. Do we have a motion? I move Planning Commission approve the consent agenda as presented. Second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. All right, moving on to public hearings. Our first uh, public and only public hearing for tonight is 2022 Comprehensive Plan Amendment to add text to the land use chapter and a map uh, uh, and map to uh, land use chapter and a map to the land use chapter uh, map series sorry, <laughs> related to a preferred high density student housing locations, as well as housekeeping items, including amendments to the transportation chapter, land use chapter, housing chapter, and future land use map. And we have a staff presentation by May Gold. Yes, I wanna make sure everyone can hear me well. Is that good? Uh, so last year we completed a five-year uh, update to the comprehensive plan and this proposed amendment is a follow-up to that and is uh, primarily um, focused on preferred locations for high-density student housing as well as some small housekeeping items um, included in the amendment as was stated in, in the consent or in the agenda item um, the the preferred uh, locations for high-density student housing text is proposed to be added to the land use chapter and the corresponding map is proposed to be a new map as part of the land use map series. So just for some background on the amendment, um, previous comprehensive plans um, touched on student housing but did not provide direct policy around it. Uh, for example, those um, older comprehensive plans included information around property maintenance and uh, student uh, enrollment growth, but didn't um, clarify or didn't talk about any, you know, direct policy for high density student housing or student housing in general. Um, and in the 2021 update that we completed last year, um, we did begin to address this topic a bit more in the land use and housing chapters. For example, in the land use chapter, we discussed how the university should add more um, on-campus housing. Uh, but this amendment addresses off-campus housing and provides more detail and direction on this topic. And the comprehensive plan provides um, policy guidance on important community issues. And as a college town, this is a relevant and important topic. In 2019, uh, council wanted to articulate a more definitive policy around student housing and um, student housing development pressure that we were experiencing. Um, so at that time, council passed a resolution that encouraged redevelopment of older existing student housing at higher densities. Um, and as many of you are aware, in 2017, Virginia Tech um, announced its goal to increase the um, student um, enrollment by 5,000 more students. So between 2017 and 2021, Planning Commission and Town Council approved about 3,500 new bedrooms of student housing, student-oriented housing. So uh, at full build-out, um, so that would be with existing and um, those bedrooms approved but not yet constructed, 
uh, we will have about 26,300 bedrooms of um, multifamily student housing. And please note that this does not include single family housing and units that exist outside of town limits. Um, so from a housing perspective, Commission and Council have addressed the immediate pent-up demand for new student housing. This amendment provides policy guidance around high-density student housing only. So um, when we say high-density student housing, we mean um, those that are large-scale, purpose-built student housing for undergraduates. Um, so these are often characterized by structured parking, large building mass, and large building mass. Um, these developments typically have many four-bedroom units uh, that are rented by the bedroom, and they also typically provide um, bed-bath parity and student-oriented amenities such as study rooms and gyms. So on the, on the screen, you can see two examples of the types of student housing that we're referencing in this amendment. Um, the picture on the left is of the hub, and the picture on the right is the union. Um, those are both student-oriented housing that were recently built. The high-density student housing designation reflects areas where uh, this type of housing currently exists and um, has histor historically been located. Um, it reflects the areas that are most appropriate for uh, more intense undergraduate housing now and in the future. Um, we also want to be very clear that, as with other portions of the comprehensive plan, um, this is this amendment is policy guidance and does not affect zoning. Um, the high density student housing area on the map on, that I'm going to show on the next slide um, is not intended to reflect all student housing that exists in town. Um, there are existing areas with smaller apartment complexes, single family homes, and other low density housing types that are not reflected in the high density area on the map, and those areas will remain student housing. So this is the proposed new map E as part of the land use map series. Um, it, this map would work in conjunction with the other maps in the land use map series. Uh, in orange, you can see um, that this is the area um, as designated for high density student housing. It's focused around the Virginia Tech campus, uh, the Patrick Henry Drive and University City Boulevard corridors. It also includes the edge and adjacent area around the edge, um, which is a student housing development, um, and the portion of Fox Ridge that is currently apartment-style buildings. Um, also shown on the map uh, is mixed use with student housing. There are two areas designated in maroon. Um, I'll speak a little more about those later in the presentation. The Virginia Tech main campus is the optimal location to meet the university's need for housing and any future enrollment growth as reflected on the map. Um, as noted in your memo, since your work session, additional text was added to the Virginia Tech on-campus housing section of the text. Um, in order to bolster this section, text was added to note that any future growth uh, in student enrollment should be accompanied by on-campus housing. The text also notes that on-campus housing should be located in the core area of campus, close to academic buildings and other student uh, hubs or campus hubs. 
and redevelopment on campus should not reduce the amount of student housing provided, but rather the university should retain on-campus housing to serve at least one-third of undergraduate students. When redevelopment in the high-density student housing areas occurs in town, um, attention should be given to how the more intense student housing use interfaces with surrounding areas such as nearby neighborhoods, uh, the historic district, and St. Luke and Oddfellows Hall. Uh, any redevelopment that happens close to the historic district should be carefully considered and sensitive uh, to the unique character of the district. And the historic district in St. Luke and Oddfellows Hall uh, were shown on the map just to show that adjacency to those student designated areas. Uh, when redevelopment of older existing multifamily housing in the high density student housing area happens, uh, it should meet criteria that are key to quality design. Uh, note that the bullets on the screen um, are abbreviated from what's shown in the text, so the text has a little more detail on each of these. Um, and also, a few minor modifications were made to reflect uh, the discussion at your work session. So, um, more, the criteria around um, strong property management has been, um, has been emphasized and more detail was added around the inclusion of code of conduct for residents. So the, the key criteria uh, as, as any redevelopment occurs in the future uh, are bicycle and pedestrian connectivity uh, to the town's transportation network. This would include sidewalk trails um, and bicycle infrastructure. Um, long-term secure sheltered bicycle parking, transit access with amenities at transit stops, uh, strong property management, as I noted previously, including a code of conduct for residents, meaningful open space um, that is not an afterthought and is functional, um, attention to um, na neighborhood context with setback, height, buffering, uh, building mass, and location of outdoor amenities, and then we have a few more of these continued onto the next slide. These developments should include building designs that are original, context sensitive, and specific to Blacksburg. They should include sustainable building practices, including durable building materials. Um, they should include sustainable site design and development methods. Uh, consideration should be given to future trends and needs, such as ve uh, electric vehicle charging. Um, there should be drop-off and pick-up areas for ride-sharing and deliveries. And lastly, um, convenient locations for trash and recycling are important. So as you saw on the map previously, there are two areas designated in maroon for mixed use with student housing. Um, there are two areas only that, that are designated as such. Um, these were identified in studies completed uh, for the town by consulting firm development strategies. The first area is known as Downtown Northwest, um, and that's the triangle of North Main Street, Turner Street, and Price's Fork Road. And this was identified in the um, Downtown uh, Strategic Plan that was completed in 2019. And this area was identified as um, mixed use, walkable, urban, and um, the only residential area in downtown targeted for students. And the second area is, um, was identified as the fork in the North Main Street study, 
which was completed in 2020. And this area was described as having potential for mixed use with high quality retail space close to campus. So redevelopment in these areas should include meaningful commercial and retail uses with residential above. And the two identified areas are adjacent to the Virginia Tech campus um, as well as commercial areas. As you are aware, uh, we have a need for a mix of housing types to serve uh, both long-term and short-term residents here in town. Um, several studies and data show that there's a need to improve the stock of um, other types of housing, such as affordable, senior, workforce, and housing for young professionals. So the designation of preferred locations for student housing should help allow for the development of these other needed housing types. Uh, and we have a lot more information about uh, these other needed housing types and our housing challenges in the housing chapter of the comprehensive plan. As I mentioned before, this amendment also includes some housekeeping items. These are items that were either issues in the adopted plan or typos um, or overlooked during the update process. And I'll just go over those in the next few slides. The first housekeeping item is um, related to the town street classifications map and text, which is an existing map in the transportation chapter. Um, so the 2021 adopted plan reflects Federal Highway Administration street classifications from 2014, and these are also used by the Virginia Department of Transportation. But since the plan was adopted, we realized these classifications um, don't reflect some roads that should be designated as collectors. Um, so, and additionally, these um, classifications, as I noted, are from 2014, so they are a bit dated. Uh, as a result, the town would like to change these definitions to better reflect our current and future desired road conditions. Um, and the proposed classifications are more streamlined and reflect more recent vehicular volume data. Um, on the proposed new map on the next slide, some collectors were removed and added uh, based on the available vehicular volume data. And um, also included in the proposed text changes is the ability for staff to update this map as we get more uh, vehicular volume data. So this is the proposed uh, street classifications map. Um, previously we had designations, many more designations for principal arterial, arterial minor arterial, major collector, minor collector. So as you can see, that has been significantly streamlined. Um, so now we just have local collector and arterial, and this is more similar to the 2016 comprehensive plan. Um, so our arterials are shown in green and the collectors are shown in yellow. It's a little hard to see on, on the screen, um, but this uh, slide just shows the adopted uh, map on the left and the proposed map on the right, so you can kind of better see the, the changes. And these were also provided in your packet. The second, house, second housekeeping item um, is related to the transportation project priorities table and map, um, which are both existing and included in the transportation chapter. Uh, the first proposed change is to add the Mount Tabor realignment project, which was inadvertently left out of the 2021 update. The project is new number 21 on the map and in the table. Um, the other projects 
after number 21 have been renumbered accordingly. And um, there are also two small proposed changes to project number uh, 28, which is the South Main Street streetscape improvements from Ehart to Country Club Drive. Uh, the town is proposing to slightly broaden the extent of this project from Miller Street to Country Club Drive um, to allow the project to have a more complete scope. And we are also proposing to add a sentence to the description of this project to note that it may include intersection improvements, for example, at Country Club Drive. And these, um, this change is, was, is suggested based on past public input processes as well as a staff assessment of the corridor. So on the left on the screen, um, we have the proposed uh, transportation project priorities table, and on the right is the proposed uh, map with just those minor changes that I discussed. Another housekeeping item is uh, are some small changes to the land use map, which is part of the land use map series. Um, the, the first proposed changes were overlooked as part of the 2021 update. Uh, so the areas near Old Town Hall and Fire, Fire Station 1 um, are currently shown with the future land use designation of commercial, um, which is the dark pink color. Um, these are proposed to change to medium density residential, which is the orange brown color, um, and is more compatible with the surrounding uses. We have commercial uses on the west side of Progress Street, but there is not commercial on the east side. Additionally, uh, Fire Station 1 is currently shown as downtown commercial future land use, um, and is proposed to become a future land use designation of Civic, which is the light blue color. And this is more appropriate uh, for the use as a fire station and is um, in keeping with the designation of other town uses. So on the left um, is the sort of overall proposed um, future land use map with the changes, and then on the right is sort of a zoomed in um, of the area that we're referencing. So um, these are the areas that are proposed to go to medium density residential and underneath the star here is the fire station one which is proposed to go to Civic. The other change to the future land use map um, is related to a boundary line adjustment that occurred last year and um, after the 2021 update. So this is for the Struble's Ridge um, development at 1789 Merrimack Road. Um, when the boundary line adjustment was completed, this property was given a zoning designation of R5 transitional residential, um, and the future land use designations for boundary line adjustments are typically codified in the next comprehensive plan um, update. So the proposed future land use designation for this is medium density residential, which is compatible with the R5 zoning. And again, we just have the whole map on the left and on the right, a close-up of the, the new area that came into town. And this just shows the um, adopted future land use map from, from last year's updated uh, plan. And on the right is the proposed map. And um, this, the proposed map on the right reflects the changes that, that I just discussed. Couple other minor housekeeping items. Um, this is a slight change to the land use chapter in the text description of map D, Past to the Future, which is also part of the land use map series. 
And the Past to the Future map illustrates current and future connectivity in the town for um, non-motorized modes of transportation. So we're proposing to, to just add a sentence to the last paragraph of this section that says that staff may update the, the Path to the Future as needed. Um, we were just wanting this to be more of a living map and for us to be able to update it as infrastructure um, is constructed. So as sidewalks and bike lanes are completed, um, we would just like to be able to update those um, so it's as accurate as possible. And the last housekeeping item is another just um, minor item in the housing chapter. It was a typing mistake that was identified in the tiny home section. Um, we just noticed that there's a sentence that has within town at both the beginning and the end of the sentence, and we we're just proposing to eliminate it from the end of the sentence for clarity. So, so that kind of sums up all of the um, items within the amendment. Uh, we had a long-range planning committee meeting uh, that was held on September 28th to review each item within the proposed amendment. The committee had several recommendations that have been incorporated uh, prior to your review. Uh, for the high-density student housing locations text, the long-range planning committee recommended clarifying the redevelopment criteria around um, building designs that are uh, context-sensitive and specific to Blacksburg. So wording has been changed to better um, clarify the intent of this redevelopment criteria. Uh, the Long Range Committee also recommended including accessibility as an important part of the bicycle and pedestrian uh, infrastructure uh, in the high density student housing text. The committee also recommended adding the St. Luke and Odd Fellows Hall to the map um, to show that the, uh, the adjacency to the student housing designated areas. And the committee also um, provided other small wording clarifications for the housekeeping items, which have been incorporated. And lastly, um, some information about the amendment process and the, the schedule upcoming. Uh, we did have a public input meeting on October 6th and the notes and sign-in <coughs> sheet for that um, are posted on the web and were provided in your packet. Uh, after this public hearing tonight, the amendment will go to town council and town council will have a work session on November 15th and then their public hearing is scheduled for December 13th. And all materials for this amendment are posted online at the website on the slide. So that is all I have and I'd be happy to answer any questions. Questions for me? Comment? Okay, great. Uh, then we will move on to public comment. Does anyone wish to address the commission regarding this public hearing? Um, so I was at the public input meeting and Nate did a great job of uh, describing this amendment. I have a question about the amendment. Does it provide implications for new high-density student or perhaps described otherwise housing. So in other words, would this new high-density housing need to exist within the, I believe it's called yellow zone by staff, is that right? Or is it now called the brown zone for the Northwest zoning? Um, 
I think at the input meeting, somebody said the yellow zone. But it, w it was color-coded according to the maps that I printed out. So it's a question, uh, less of a commentary. Okay. Um, would staff like to respond to the question? So the question is, are there implications for new high-density student yes, housing? Yes, because the, the term used is rezoning, and I, I understand that. What we're talking about a lot of older things that are being rezoned to, to build up and, and provide perhaps more student housing. But I guess my question is, are there implications for where new high-density student housing? I'm specifically thinking of the Whipple uh, development. I believe that this council came to a 4-4 um, vote on that the last time. It's very oddly placed near my neighborhood. And I guess I'm wondering for future whether we're trying to keep everything within certain zones, be they color-coded or not, or whether we're allowing new high-density type of projects to exist outside of these zones. That's not clear to me. Because so redevelopment is one term, new development is another. So the, the proposed map that I showed on the previous slide that's part of this amendment um, would provide policy guidance to Planning Commission and Town Council about when we get new proposals for high-density yes. student housing and where that should be located. Appreciate that. Mm -hmm. um, and it would be used in conjunction with other parts of the comprehensive plan um, as well as other the other maps in the land use map series like the future land use map. It sounds like there would be an encouragement, perhaps the term policy guidance, to try to keep the high density student housing generally in the same area, whether it's a redevelopment or a new development, is that? Right, I mean, so this map generally it shows the areas where we currently have high-density yes. student housing and, and where it should be located into the future. That's great. Thank you very much. Well, Kali, did you have something you wanted to add? Just to, to clarify that any rezonings that would come before Planning Commission and Council would still be evaluated individually on their merits, and the, the comp plan as an overall would be used as that policy guidance in a whole, in a whole document sense. Any additional public comment? Move to uh, motion and discussion. Do we have a motion for this public hearing? And that would be approval or denial of these proposed amendments. I move approval of the amendments as proposed. Comprehensive plan amendments as proposed. Do you have any Second. Second. We have a motion. And a second, do we have any discussion? I have one comment. Sure. Um, and my comment is, you know, because between the work session and now, for whatever reason, I've gotten lots of questions about student housing demand. Um, and I noticed that in the, the neighborhood meeting notes that they had given you a question about student housing demand. And so I just want to comment that um, Maeve and staff have been very careful about their wording regarding student housing demand and that the, this like pent up demand for new units had largely been met. Um, and I think that that's accurate, but I think that people have maybe interpreted it very broadly to mean that housing, student housing demand has been met, period. Um, and I just wanna warn folks that demand 
for housing is a very complex thing. Students, just like any other consumer of housing, have different preferences and different kinds of needs of affordability needs, accessibility needs, family needs, et cetera. Um, and that, that I don't think that this means to say that demand has been met, period, um, and that we will likely still see a great many housing um, proposals that meet student housing needs and other housing needs um, possibly at the same time, um, and that that those proposals, and particularly the, re the redevelopment that this uh, encourages, helps us keep our housing relevant and new and um, to a high standard, which is important for our town. Um, and, and so I just want to clarify, you know, for for um, everyone's sake, that that. I don't think that this means demand has been met, period. It just means um, what you carefully said, that that pent-up demand for, for new student housing, you know, in the aftermath of the recession and with the enormous student growth in recent times, um, that we have added enough bedrooms to, to respond to that. That's I think that's right. And I think to add to that, it was also mentioned that um, we still have a fairly high occupancy rate, it's not, it's not ideal yet. So uh, just to underscore what you just said. Oh yeah, and you know, I can, I can add a tiny bit of information to that. Um, so our vacancy rate, uh, rental vacancy rate stays between two and six. Generally two and seven is sort of the healthy overall rate. Um, and, and I also had a chance to review data for individual um, developments throughout the town. And th though there are some with a somewhat, that report a somewhat high um, vacancy rate, the majority of developments have an extremely low vacancy rate still. Um, and so yes, you're accurate, you're correct. <laughs> I think it's also important to talk about the timing, you know, mm -hmm. it's, especially in a redevelopment scenario, you take existing housing stock off the market for a period of time to redevelop it. Mm -hmm. And so often you're gonna get a higher density, kind of typically back of the envelope is a three to one ratio. If you take one income bearing unit out of circulation to, re to redevelop, you'll build three additional. And, and so it's a, over time, uh, there's a great fluctuation in the available stock because you're going to take some out to build some. Um, so over, you know, once it's all built out, we'll probably be at a pretty reasonable target number. But until that time occurs, and then as demand occurs and redevelopment occurs and the, you know, this high-density high zone, we'll still suffer from that periodic reduction of stock during the redevelopment period. Also, I think it's important, I, I stared at this map for a long time, <laughs> and um, I, I think, I mean, I mean, we're making a statement here because the, uh, and I think it's just primarily a statement because the vast majority of this orange area is the university. Um, so I think, you know, reasonable statement, but what that really identifies, if, if I'm a developer and I come into town and, and I wanna comply 
with the comp plan. I, I want to propose a development that's uh, that that is uh, you know in, in keeping with the comp plan. I'm I'm going to look at this area here, which is all developed and would require redevelopment, and then the redevelopment area out at, at uh, Fox Ridge for for high density. It's it's a uh, you know, I, I think what it says pretty clearly is if you want to do high density redevelopment, of course you can rezone. Nobody, this is not zoning, it's future land use. But if you want to be compliant with the future land, uh, you know, the, the comprehensive plan, these are the areas that would, would like, uh, the, the town would like you to focus on. It's a pretty high bar. Uh, I would say, as a, <laughs> as a developer, uh, you're you're gonna have to amass some property that's already earning income. Um, I think it, in, in uh, only rare cases where an existing owner could develop the program to redevelop their own property. Um, I, I think it. Uh, we, we won't see much in the way of future high-density development for a while under this scenario if people want to be compliant, other than rezonings. So I think we just need, need to be prepared to see some rezonings because um, I, I think where we're asking them to go is pretty high bar to, to make something happen. So uh, anyway, just, just, just thoughts, thoughts on that. Um, any further discussion? We have a motion and a second. Uh, all those in favor of the motion? Aye. Aye. Uh, as stated earlier, our second public hearing for the night, ZOA 60 Ordinance uh, uh, 2001, uh, the uh, amendment to create the new uh, Downtown Northwest Zoning District has been canceled and has been rescheduled for December 6th. Um, with that, we'll move on to citizen comment. Uh, at this time, you can approach the commission and speak on any issue you'd like to. Any comment? Okay, hearing none, uh, we'll move on to unfinished business. Zoning Ordinance Review Committee, we, we did meet uh, and we discussed, uh, and we will meet again next week. Uh, we met to discuss the uh, small uh, scale alcohol production facilities. So uh, we'll meet again next week and hopefully get something before the, uh, before the commission. Historic or design review board? Uh, we have not met since our last public meeting, right, Abe? I didn't think so. Right, it was canceled. So we did not have any um, cases before us right. at the moment. Montgomery County Planning Commission? Uh, the Montgomery County Planning Commission was very busy in October. They're gonna be busy through the end of the year. Um, they did a rezoning and special use permit for a warehouse mini storage um, on Cinnabar Road near the um, animal shelter. Um, so there's going to be a three-story um, self-storage unit, some traditional outside self-storage units, and then a parking lot that'll hold RVs, trailers, boats, that sort of thing, and the, an option for the future uh, to build another three-story building on there. 
if they so choose. So the Montgomery County Planning Commission recommended approval eight to zero and it's going to the Board of Supervisors. Uh, they recommended approval for um, an antique store in Reiner. Um, they are in the middle of consideration. Um, they tabled following the public hearing um, a major solar array proposal uh, for a special use permit near um, Eastern Montgomery Elementary School. Um, so that's a five megawatt capacity with uh, 10,560 panels. Uh, they've done a small amount of work on their comprehensive plan as well, um, just like us, and they have an upcoming special use permit for a general store on McCoy Road. Thank you. Do you know how many acres the solar? The solar is going to be about 35 acres on 53 total. That? Uh, they tabled it due to some details. Um, as a citizen, I have my hopes that it'll move forward. Um, but mm -hmm. I've been um, working in some communities that have a lot of these solar um, farms, if you will, and are really concerned. They're primarily in Southside Virginia, um, and I've heard from them lots of concerns about. Um, destruction of soil quality and future land use and decommissioning of these things once they're built. Anything? They covered that. I mean, most of the units will be put in by driving um, steel piles mm -hmm. into the ground. So it's gonna be a situation where they can put it in, not disturb the ground to a great mm -hmm. degree, and then everything will be removed and recycled mm -hmm. once it reaches the end of its life, if it's not removed, or I'm sorry, renewed. Um, so I don't think there's a lot of impacts in that regard. Um, they were trying to look at things like um, coverage of the land once the panels are up. So can they use some cover crops that'll attract pollinators? Oh, nice. um, do you put sheep in as opposed to mowing? Um, those types of things to keep it down. Um, so yeah, I think most of those were addressed um, okay. cool. by the group. Yeah, it looked like a really promising proposal for me. Thank you. Any additional items from planning commissioners? All right. Uh, new business, chair's report, I have none. Planning director's report? None. Town council report? I have nothing. Great. Well, we will adjourn our regular meeting, and then uh, we'll move into uh, closed meeting.